If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, September 27th. And OMG, when I tell you going to the live taping of Dancing with the Stars is maybe on par with going to Vegas for 24 hours or like Disneyland for 12 hours in terms of your exhaustion. I'm going to get into all of that and more on today's episode. For those of you that are new, my name is Donna Bowling. I have a five-day show every single day, Daily Dose of Donna on YouTube, on all the audio apps, and I go live on TikTok, so I'm chatting with my TikTok buddies. Make sure to follow on TikTok and Instagram at This Is Donna Bowling. Join the Facebook group called Daily Dose of Donna, which is like popping off. My husband Lance is like, your Facebook group is amazing. He's like, they post the best stuff. And I was like, I agree. And then um, I have a Patreon episode coming out later today. And for any of you guys that are interested, I will talk about the Dancing with the Stars live experience on this show today, but I'm going to really get into it in the Patreon. Like tell you guys stuff that I saw behind the scenes, stuff that I saw when people weren't looking and cameras weren't on them. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. I'm going to give it to you guys on the Patreon episode because I I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble with people. And then also, um, finally, I'm doing a big Rachel Hollis deep dive on today's Patreon episode. So Patreon, uh, it's the link is below. It's in all my links. And Rachel Hollis was a very big motivational speaker kind of um, guru. She wrote that book, Girl, Wash Your Face. She had a huge, that sounded like Trump, huge following. And then lots of stuff went down starting in 2020. So I'm going to give you guys all the scoop as someone that used to be a massive, massive fan and no longer really follows that world. Um, But I do follow it, if you know what I mean. We have so much to talk about. So that will all come on Patreon later. Plus, I'm going to get into like some stories that I just saw that I need to do some research on, like share. I don't know if you guys have seen this. In today's variety, there was an article that just came out that Cher apparently was behind kidnapping her adult son. She like hired people to kidnap her adult son. Crazy ass story, but it was in Variety Magazine. So we're going to get all all into stuff like that later when I have more time to uh, research it. So join Patreon. Okay, let's get into today's show. For all of the, you guys like a little bit of a rundown, like top of show rundown. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about some random stories. I'm going to tell you about Dancing with the Stars. We're going to talk about Tom Sandoval's new business venture. And then we're going to get into a Real Housewives of Salt Lake City convo because I was out late last night. 
at dancing. But when I got home, I did have to watch a little bit of the show. I'll explain why. And then I wasn't able to watch Real Housewives until this morning, but I just watched it. So I'm fresh, fresh off Real Housewives and I'm ready to go. I am ready to go. Okay. So let's get into the conversation about, let's first start with some news. You guys yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, but John Jansen, that is Shannon Bedore's on-again, off-again boyfriend, which is really an on-again boyfriend. Like, let's be honest. Everyone everyone can kind of assume that Shannon Bedore from OC's boyfriend, John Jansen, is really her boyfriend. I have, I feel I'm just creating like a, a storyline around them in my head because they're not giving us any information. They're not actually... Um, oh my God. They're not actually, uh, you know, going to... Uh, the press are talking about anything or saying anything. So at the end of the day, we don't really know what's going on. So I'm just, I've created a story in my head. Okay. So this is just daily dose of Donna's story about what's actually happening with Shannon Bedore. Shannon Bedore, of course, got that DUI hit and run, not this last Saturday, but the weekend before. Then we saw her a little bit with John Jansen. She was on again. Like she, we saw her outside a couple of front doors. She's been mostly in hiding, I would say, for the last week, allegedly, apparently, all the things. She's in some sort of a therapy treatment. Now, she is with uh, John Jansen. And John Jansen, in my opinion, in this is not like, I don't know John in a personal way, but, and I hear he's great. I hear he's really nice, to be honest. But that doesn't mean that he's a positive influence for Shannon, right? There's a difference there. There's a difference between being an influence, like a positive influence and being a good person, right? Not everyone is both. I don't think he's a positive influence personally. I think they both drive each other to drink more, party more, say things, get passionately heated and drive drunk. (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. So anyway, we know that John Jansen has kids. They are adult kids. And how old is John Jansen? Yeah, I think they're all adults. Yeah. And we know from hearing from various different reports that Shannon and John Jansen's kids, they don't get along that well, okay? They don't get along that well. And there's been some drama that we've heard about where Shannon got into a, well, it's not, it's not heard about. I mean, it's, we know pretty much confirmed by someone that was in that party. And then Shannon was yelling with the daughters and calling them names. And it's just a bad sign, right? You never want to date someone who your kids hate vehemently. It's just never going to work unless you don't want a relationship with your kids, i.e., remember Vicki Gumbelson with Brooks and how Brianna, her daughter, like despised him? It, it, there's a there's something there. Kids, for the most part, my mom was single growing – like she was a single mom and she then got married. But as a kid, you don't want your mom's or your dad's to not be happy, right? You want them to be happy. So if they find someone that they are in love with and happy with, you're – you. Most kids applaud that. Most kids do not like push that away unless you say, hmm, maybe there's something wrong with that. So I think John Jansen's kids probably do not see Shannon as uh, the best person for him. And we haven't heard really from Shannon's kids. They've actually been pretty quiet about all of their feelings. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but yesterday, sorry, over the weekend, um, on Saturday, John Jansen's 26-year-old son, Joe Jansen, was arrested uh, in Newport Beach. This Newport Beach is really getting all of the fun of the Bedores and the Jansens a week after 
the Shannon got arrested. Um, he was con- he was arrested in connection with felony vandalism, and apparently on September thirteenth there was a vandalism report. I don't know what that means specifically. Like we don't know. Is that does anyone know? Like are we talking about you know graffiti? We don't really know what's going on. But he was arrested ten days later after that first report of the vandalism. He was released from custody at $20,000 of bail, and he faces up to three years in prison if convicted on the charges. So here's the thing. John Jansen's not having a good month. I wouldn't say September of 2023 is John Jansen's, you know, happy time. I would say he's probably uh, wondering what the F did I do in karma land to have all of this happen. So just giving you some, uh, <laughs> oh my God, so funny. Only Jeff Lewis fans would really understand this. Oh my God, did he vandalize Chaz Dean's billboard? <laughs> that is so good. Speaking of Jeff Lewis, let's get into this. You guys, this, today is the 27th, okay? And we've all been looking forward to the 27th as the day that Justin Martindale, comedian extraordinaire, lovely man from what I've gotten to know him as, and we've DM now a, a few times. He seems like a really cool dude. He was a guest for the first time on Jeff Lewis Live. Now, why is this a big deal? Because let's let's rewind the tape. I can't do a rewind sound. A re- rewind sound like, okay. Back at the beginning of no, maybe it was last month. I don't even know dates anymore. That was when there was the big feud between Heather McDonald, Krista Lamas, Justin Martindale, and Jeff Lewis. It was actually just Heather against all of them. All the other ones are fine. It started with Heather McDonald with Justin Martindale. Justin Martindale, for those of you that don't know, was a recurring guest on Juicy Scoop as you know, she has a like a certain amount of regulars. And so he had guested, I think he said 33 times. He'd gone on tour with her, even though he does a standing set at the comedy store here in Los Angeles. And he is, uh, he has his own podcast, Just Saying, with Justin Martindale. So he has a career, but he did Juicy Scoop. He has known Heather for many years, et cetera. Long story short, he did not feel that Heather had his back when it came to certain comments that were made multiple times by her community about him. Really, really scary, negative, yucky comments. And he didn't feel like Heather had his back. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. I guess there was a lot of stuff that was building for a long time. He didn't really feel like she was there for him as a friend is what he placed it as. He didn't feel like he was supported. He didn't feel like he was protected. And ultimately, at the end of the day, he felt like, the relationship was one-sided and he decided at that point to finally talk about it openly. She had mentioned something on her Patreon, on her like high level. um, She has like a few different tiers. She mentioned something on her high level tiers. And then he decided like, you're not going to use my name on your Patreon so that you get more subscribers. Now I'm going to give my feelings on the whole thing on his podcast. He talked about it really openly and vulnerably on his Just Saying podcast for like 30 minutes. Go back and listen. It was a few weeks ago and it was probably a really hard time for him because I'm sure he got a lot of bad stuff coming at him in addition to probably a lot of love, which is honestly, when I tell you, whenever I cover Heather McDonald, 
It's the same kind of experience for me. And I am out of it. Like I'm not even in the middle of it. I am outside as a fan looking in and just sharing my thoughts and the crazy comments that I get and DMs. And when I covered the Justin Martindale, Jeff Lewis, Heather McDonald, Krista Lamas drama that one week, I really like you guys saw it. It was like one of the most emotionally draining, you know, weeks I've ever had as doing this now for 10 months. Like I talk about Scientology. I talk about freaking every single reality star. I talk about all the things. And that was really a challenging week because people take it very personally. People are very invested. Okay. We know this. The chumps and the juicy scoopers are both incredibly invested in their people. And then you add in a little bit of, of Brandy and Julie, and then you add in a little bit of Crystal Lamas and like, whoo, it was a lot. But the whole drama here, one of the main issues that Justin Martindale had was that he didn't feel like Jeff Lewis was able to have him on his show because Jeff Lewis and had mentioned to Justin a year ago, I want you to be on your sh- my show. I can't have you on my show because Heather McDonald needs to approve it or said no, what, something along those lines. This was upsetting, obviously, for Justin. Um, it's very nuanced, obviously. We don't know like the specifics in terms of, you know, how many times Jeff could have him and she doesn't want to feel like her regulars are his regulars, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to be, I want to be really, really uh, careful here that there are cases, like I'm trying to think from a casting perspective, right? When I used to be a casting director, there was a lot of times where we would have guest stars on our show recurring guest stars, right? The people that are like, just say they own the coffee shop or they're the best friend and they're not series regulars, meaning they're not contracted to work on your show where they're exclusive only for your show. But, so they can technically do other shows, but sometimes networks and studios like Disney, for example, would say, hey, she recurs as the teacher on Sweet Life of on deck. So let's not have her as the mom of the friend on an episode of what was shooting at that time. Um, the Selena Gomez show, whatever it wizards of Waverly place. Right. So those are the two shows that were right next door. We were right next door to each other. So it, it, it does make sense. You have to remember there is a little bit of level like, hey, they belong to us and we don't want to give you away. But Justin Martindale is not playing a character that's going to confuse the audience. He's just Justin Martindale. And the world of a comedian and the world of an actor, especially in that level, is very much gig-based, right? You have to keep working to have to make money. And if you're not making money, I mean, if you're not getting the jobs, you're not making the money. And even today on Jeff Lewis, Jeff was talking, they were talking about punishing your partners. And Jeff said something along the lines of like, so Justin, with your partner, with Evan, which I don't know if they're married or just boyfriends, I don't know. But he said, with Evan, you guys live together. So what do you do when you punish? Do you like sleep in the guest room? And he's like, (laughs) Justin's like, guest room? I'm not there yet. I have a couch. So you have to understand, like, we're not talking about people that are loaded with a ton of money when it comes to these guest stars. Some of them, I guess, are. It's a big deal for someone like a Justin Martindale to get on Jeff Lewis. Jeff Lewis is huge in this space. And to be on it as a guest of Jeff Lewis, especially a recurring, is exposure that you can't pay for, right? Like, it's amazing, amazing exposure. So I can see why Justin Martindale felt 
very slighted by this. Whether or not there was a reason or whatever, I do understand. Regardless, now that he's no longer going to be on Juicy Scoop, Jeff Lewis and Heather McDonald are no longer speaking at this moment. Um, Jeff invited Justin to come on his show. And he was a guest today with Krista Lamas, who was also a partner, not a partner, like a character in this feud because of the earrings. And I'm not going to get all into that again. So if you guys listened this morning, it it aired live at 9 a.m. Pacific time. I was so impressed with this hour. And I said it here on the show before. Yes, we like drama. Yes, as fans and as people that are invested, like we want to hear this, the, the, you know, like the shit talking and like dragging or whatever. But do we really? And honestly, I said on the show here, I don't remember which day. And I even said to Justin in a DM, I said, let's uh, like, my suggestion is don't talk about it because everyone was tuning in for them to drag Heather. And what they didn't do was drag Heather. And I thought it was genius. I thought it was smart. I thought it was mature. And I thought it was really good. Jeff mentioned a couple little digs, like with the earrings and the ring. And they aired this promo that they created a few weeks ago. Jeff Lewis investigates about Heather McDonald, but they didn't speak about it. And I think it's the best move because the hour was enjoyable and it was funny And Justin Martindale fit right in like a glove and not OJ Simpson's glove, like a real glove. And he was so fun to listen to, like funny and, and perfect timing. And it just fit in with Jameson, with Oscar, with obviously, you know, Krista was there, but Krista, I think was a little bit of a buffer in today's episode. I thought Justin Martindale could have been totally fine with anyone he they paired him with. I think Krista made sense for this first one, but I could see him coming in with Megan. I could see him coming in with, um, I'm trying to think like who else he could be really funny with on that show. Like Carrie Lewis, I think that would be really fun. I think it would be great. Now at the end, they did have one call. They brought in two calls and this whole situation about the calls gets us in trouble or it gets Jeff in trouble because when Heather McDonald was a guest last time on Jeff's show and they were talking about this big feud that she had had with Megan Weaver a few months ago, one call came in at the end that really kind of dragged Heather. And I was a little bit concerned that it was Jeff's like official choice to pick that call because I think what happens if I'm not mistaken, someone kind of screens these calls and then when they screen it, they give Jeff like on a, a board of some sort, here's a description, who's the person, where they're calling from and what the question is. The question is. But what happens is a lot of people lie to the screeners. And I think that that's what happened then. And I think that's what happened today. So Carol from Cleveland, who sounded like she had had a few fifths of vodka before the show started, called in. She sounded like Hot Mess Express. And she basically said, you know, I think that you guys were, Jeff, you're horrible. You, you know, you ruined um, Heather and Julian Brandy. And then she started talking shit about Krista. She was, you know, what kind of people, right? She was one of those people. Storm said, um, oh, not Holly said that he said on the after show, so I didn't listen to the after show, but Jeff went over with Monica Casey and Joey Zauzig, and he said that the lady did not tell the truth, meaning she called in and she said she had a question that wasn't actually the question. 
So that was the only mention really about Heather and all of that. And then someone else called and said it was really smart that you didn't talk about it. And Justin's like, I've moved on from it. You know, I said it, I did it. It's out there. Let's move on. And he could not be smarter. He could not be smarter because to keep talking about it is exactly what you're doing. You're feeding the beast, which then gets everyone continuing to talk about it. The drama never stops. This person reacts. It's like Bethany Frankel, right? We try so hard not to talk about, I'm not even going to call her Bethany. I'm just going to call her Beth, right? Shout out to my friend Trish who, who said that. We're calling her Beth. So it's like Beth. Beth is someone that every time we talk about her, she just keeps going. So it's almost like when I see my two little kids fighting and one of them calls with the other one a name and then the other one says something and then the other one says, it's like one of us has to stop because it will never stop. <laughs> so Justin's going to stop, which is genius. And I'm hoping to stop talking about Beth. All right, let's move on. Okay. N- let's talk about another piece of news. Tom Sandoval has finally actually announced, even though we've all known over here in the Daily Dose of Donna Patreon community has known for a long time, that Tom Sandoval is a podcast host officially. His podcast called Everybody Loves Tom will be out tomorrow on Thursday, the 28th. Here's how I know it. So we have been doing... um, My husband, Lance, who we're going to talk about a little bit because of Dancing with the Stars, he has a company called F22 Studios, and it's over in Burbank, and they have a a shout out F22. They're a sponsor of the show, and they have, not only do they rent tons and tons and tons of lighting, camera, um, audio gear, all the things that you need for production, so they own tons of that for rentals, but now they also have a podcast studio, and they have a huge soundstage that they, you know, people are shooting shows there. So really, really cool for them. Lance started in 2015 from our garage with one camera, and I will never forget that. This is like he and his partner, Chris, have grown this business from the beginning, from the ground floor when we had little babies, and I would be like breastfeeding and someone would be coming through our house trying to rent a a camera. So it's a really, really, really cool cool story for them. Um, But that being said, they started their podcast studio and one of the two podcasts that have just launched is called Everybody Loves Tom with Tom Sandoval. And so when Lance told me this a few months ago over drinks, I was like, (gasps) I need to tell everyone. And he's like, you can't. But then it did come out a little bit on a Zoom happy hour that we had a few months ago. And you guys kept it quiet. You guys kept it quiet. My Patreon, double dose, I mean, sorry, overdosers, the $10 tier, those that listened, you guys kept it quiet. You didn't say it because no one found out until there was later a blind and Dumois. Maybe you guys gave the blind to Dumois though. <laughs> so maybe you guys did actually say it. But anyway, I've seen the logo. You guys saw it today, but I've, I saw the logo and I've seen the setup. It looks great. Here's my thought. A lot of you guys are very over Tom. I get it. I get it. He's the villain in the story. And we're going to get into Ariana on Dancing with the Stars last night. So I get why he's the villain in the story and you don't like him. He's kind of unlikable. I see that. He has this like arrogance and obsession with himself and the shaving of the face and the doing of the hair and treating people like shit and all of that, right? I agree and see it all. That being said, this is a good move. And here's why I think that. Not just because Lance gets, you know, the rental fee when they rent the podcast studio. That's like not the point. What I'm telling you is that he is making fun of himself. 
by calling it Everybody Loves Tom. And how do I know that is because his promo today, the first one where he was sitting there and he was talking about the fact that, um, you know, he needs to come up with with names for the show. It was really done well with like a producer. And then it, the next slide was a huge montage of everyone talking shit about Tom Sandoval, Amy Schumer, Jennifer Lawrence on Watch What Happens Live. And um, – and going to uh, like on all the blogs and all the websites and all the TikToks talking how horrible Tom is. And then the third one is like a tongue in cheek moment of Tom Sandoval walking to this podcast desk and immediately taking off his shirt. And they're like, uh, Tom, this is a podcast. Like you don't need to take off your shirt. They're not going to know. And he goes, oh, they're going to know. And then it's called Everybody Loves Tom. He's making fun of himself. I don't know if I haven't heard an episode. Well, I'll hear it tomorrow. So I don't know if he's going to be one of these people that, you know, it's just a name and he's not going to talk about it. But the guy is self-aware enough to know that everybody right now freaking doesn't like Tom, right? He has a very few amount of of fans, you know? And so I think I want to say, I know you guys are going to hate me for this, but what the hell else do you expect? He's messed up and he's also someone that needs to make a living. And everyone else is making a living off of this. And so will he. And honestly, let him go and monetize this. And it should be an interesting show. And it's probably not going to be something worth that. Like if you're not into, he said it's about mixology and about fashion and music and pop culture and stuff. So I'll be interested to hear. But if everyone can get a podcast, right? If Bethany Frankel can get a podcast, if Rachel, um, What's her name? Uh, Levis can get a podcast. If every single person on every single reality show can get a podcast, if I have a podcast, Tom Sandoval can have a podcast too. That's just my thought, okay? Um, So I will definitely be listening tomorrow and you guys will get a full recap if you don't want to hear it yourselves. And I get it if you don't, but I'll be listening. So another thing that happened to me yesterday, and if you guys follow it along on Instagram stories, and then of course in the Facebook group, I was at Dancing with the Stars live taping for the first time in so many years. Lance has worked on that show, I think seven years, and I've never once gone to a live taping because to be honest, it's not an easy thing to go to a live taping, and I'll just be 100% honest. So it shoots over at CBS Television City, which is where Price is Right used to shoot. Maybe still shoots. Is Price of Right still a show? And it definitely used to shoot there. And I'm pretty sure it still does. I think it was it's in the Price is Right studio, like stage. Um, I It's right by the Grove in Los Angeles. If you know, the Grove is like a really popular shopping area. I grew up in that area, West Hollywood. That was where I was born and raised. So it's like I used to be – my mom had a skincare salon right across the street from CBS when we were kids. So like we would always see the people lining up at Prices Right. It feels almost like a second home. That being said, I don't live in that area anymore. I'm in Sherman Oaks. So if you go over the hill, over Laurel Canyon, and then you land in Studio City, and then you go you know, west, and then you hit my house, you have to be there so early, you guys. You have to be there – So the live taping starts at 5 p.m. because it airs live for the East Coast, 8 p.m. You have to be there at 3. So that's, or yeah, 3 p.m. Pacific time. So I got there at 3 p.m. And I, you know, we had to leave here at 2.30, me and a few other girls. And if you're a mom, you know, like it's not about getting there early. It's about organizing and coordinating your kids and their freaking sports and their schedules and who's driving them where and who's picking them up where and who's feeding them where. And then, I mean, that was like enough of a job 
to start with. But anyway, we went over there. We uh, You have to dress up. They say it's a glamorous event. You must come looking beautiful. And let me just tell you, you feel weird at 3 p.m. looking like you're going to a wedding. But then you get there and you realize, oh, I'm underdressed. Like there were people, when I tell you, and I didn't want to be mean and like take photos of people that didn't ask to be taken photos of. But when I tell you they are legit prom dresses, wedding gowns, tails, updos, earrings, like some people were in jeans. It was such a spectrum of like the dress of Dancing with the Stars. And it's so funny that they make you do that because you you really don't see a lot of the audience. I mean, you saw a lot of my face if you watched it, but you didn't see um, – I guess you you just don't see full bodies of anyone really. Maybe if you're in the front row. So this is how it works. So if you guys are on the Facebook group, you saw that I had, uh, I asked you guys what to wear and I ended up going with just like a very black, plain jumpsuit, spaghetti strap, like very, I did not look fancy. And it was so early and I was so rushed that like I just felt like I was a hot mess. So you get there and you get in line and The first thing that happens when we get there, by the way, is we had VIP seats um, because Lance, my husband, like I told you, he works on the show. So he was able to, he gave our name to the ticket person and she gave us VIP area. But you realize that everyone's in the same line. And all of a sudden we're in the same line as PK, Dorit's husband. So PK is standing five people behind us. And then I find out from my other friend who I'm with, who knows the girl, who like knew the girl, kind of a couple people behind us, that she's with Mauricio's sister. So Mauricio's sister, PK, and then former people from the show, uh, the the man, the actor who's deaf, who was in CODA, and I don't remember his name right now, but he was on, I think, last season of the show. So he was also in our line. Arnold Schwarzenegger's, you know, son, remember him? Joseph, is it Joseph Schwarzenegger, uh, the one that he had the the affair with and had the baby with. And now he was on a season of Dancing with the Stars. So he's in our line. Like there was all these random people that were on the show in our line. It was so weird. And then they kind of, you cattle call basically, you know, you you check in. Oh yeah, when we checked in, I saw that Ariana's boyfriend, because my name is D-A-N-A, and it was by first name. And right under me was D-A-N-I-E-L. And I was like, and it was, it was Daniel why it was W-A-I. So way, why that's Ariana's boyfriend. So I was like, he's coming, which we kind of assumed. And anyway, we go to the show. I'm going to save a lot of stuff for Patreon, like a little bit of stuff, not, not too much, but I'm going to save some stuff because, because this is a public show and I just like, I want to be respectful. Okay. So the whole experience of going to a live taping is really fun. It really is. This one being This one is work. And I say this also looking back at it and saying like, it was the best night. It was so much fun. I would do it again. But it's two and a half hours on this first premiere night. Two and a half hours. We come in there, we sit down, you're in the set. I mean, it looks so beautiful. It actually feels like it looks bigger on TV, in my opinion. Like, to be honest, when you think about like the whole ballroom, it's actually not that small, not that big. I mean, the dance floor is kind of big, but the seating is pretty small. Like, there's not that many people. They seat us right behind the judges. So I am literally smack dab two rows between Carrie Ann Inaba and Derek Huff. And the show eventually, they, they do, oh, this is what they did. They, um, they shot the intro song that you saw if you watched the show when Julianne Huff and 
um, Carlton Alfonso kind of introduce on a on a pre recorded tape, and then they do a live dance on the stage. They shot that two times, like thirty minutes before the live show. Then they edited it edited it in for the live taping. And when the live taping happened, so okay, Derek Huff, Bruno, and Carrie Ann Anaba were right in front of me. And I will be a hundred percent honest when I tell you this. You know, you see a lot of people when the camera is off. You're like. Oh, they're so good and so fun and so nice on camera. And then when the camera camera's off, they're just like, mm. not the case. These three are the nicest, most lovely freaking people between camera takes, between like even like Bruno would judge someone and he, you know, Bruno is the guy that talks like this, right? And he's like talking really big and he's standing, he's taking off his jacket, he's over the top. And then he'll turn around right after he goes and then he'll go to Carrie Ann and Abba and he'll turn around and look at all of us and he'll be like, what the hell was that? Like he'll say stuff so funny. You guys, he was so, so cute. Carrie Ann and Abba was stunning, stunning, beautiful and so kind to everyone behind her. She was so nice to us. Now, I think, and then Derek Huff seemed really, really cool and sweet too. Like everyone seemed really nice. Everyone seemed really happy on the set. Like all of the production, all the crew, all the cast, like everyone was nice and happy and that you don't hear that a lot on sets. You don't see that a lot on sets. So the way that it works is that our side, which was behind the judge, we were all VIP, I think. And it looked to me like we were all crew and dancers' families, okay? So, for example, there's a new dancer who danced with Harry Jowsey last night. Her name is um, Riley Arnold, and her older sister, I believe, Lindsay Arnold, was on the show before. I was sitting with the Arnold family. So it was dad, mom, sisters, and I look like them because I'm blonde, so I was just like, that's my, we're dad. Like, I'm an, I'm an Arnold. I just wanted to be an Arnold, right? It was really fun. Um, behind us was another one of the dancers, a very good looking guy, Burnett Glenn. Is that possible? That That's his name. I can't remember his wife and like other people. So there was, we were all with family of the dancers or the crew. So that's just so you know. Now the other side is family of the actual stars is what my guess is because of course front and center you know, I saw it the second I got in was Kyle Richards and her fam. So she was with Alexia. So she was with, uh, well, I'll go from oldest to younger. She was with Farah, Alexia, and Sophia. And no Portia. And Portia's the 15-year-old one that actually still lives at home. But Portia wasn't there. So I don't know if she felt like she was, like maybe she was in school or like had an after-school activity. It was kind of interesting that she wasn't there. And PK. At the table. Now, if you guys watched last night, you would have seen that. When I tell you, I mean, I'll talk about it more later, but when I tell you, PK looked so freaking out of place in this moment. The whole time I just was like, I can't, I can't, like, what? No Dorit. No Dorit. So it was Kyle, the three daughters, and PK at the table. Now, right next to that, and Mauricio's mom was sitting behind him, behind her. And what else I noticed was like a lot of other stars' families were not front front row. Mira Sorvino's husband, who I remember from Hollywood Houselift, Jeff Lewis's show from last season, um, Mira Sorvino's husband and her kids were like in seats, rows. They weren't at a little ballroom table. They were in seats like 
two or three rows up, Matt Walsh's whole family, Morgan Walsh is his wife, who's an I know her as an actress and actually we used to be neighbors with them. And their whole family were like four rows up. Like, so Kyle Richards, like it's so, it's so interesting. The two tables that were front and center were Mauricio's and Ariana's because they know that show knows that why we're really tuning in, which is why Ariana was last. Ariana is the star of Dancing with the Stars. Like, you know, every year they have like the one that's Ariana by far. She is the star. That's the way they treated her. That's the way they introduced her. And that's the order that they gave her. She was the last one to perform. Mauricio was like a couple people before her. Um, So, okay. Let me think how I want to say this. Oh, yeah. So for VPR, for Vanderpump Rules, we didn't get a Lisa Vanderpump, Kyle Richards sighting together. And I'm pissed about that. And I imagine it would have been because, honestly, I bet Lisa does go to one taping. Because, you know, every week they're going to have other people. I can't imagine that she's she would go the night that she knows Kyle's there. I'm sure they all talk. Because it's just too much for us Real Housewives fans. Like, we would just be like, holy shit, Lisa Vanderpump. Because they were right next to each other, you guys. The tables, it was the Richards family and then – or the Umansky family and then the VPR Ariana table right next to each other. So basically, PK and Ariana's mom were sitting together, if you can imagine that. So on Ariana's table was Ariana's mom, um, who I don't think we've ever met on the show. She didn't seem very like – she seemed a little like kind of introverted, to be honest. Um, Daniel, her boyfriend, who looked like he was a kid in the candy store. I've never seen anyone that looked just like so happy to be somewhere. It was kind of interesting. Like every time I would look over at him, even when Ariana wasn't around, he was like, <gasps> like big ass smile. Um, Ariana's brother and then Sheena and Brock. And let me just tell you something. Sheena is so freaking stunning. Tiny, 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 tiny. Brock is so cute. Looks exactly like, they look exactly like you would think they would look. Very muscular next to Sheena. I mean, but they truly looked sweet. They were talking, they were smiling, they were laughing. I didn't get the vibe that they were so over being there. I felt like they were excited to be there and they were definitely, um, supportive. And then behind their table was a couple of Ariana's other friends like Brad. I don't know if you remember Brad from the show and a couple of other people, but those are the only Vanderpump stars on the show. Only Vanderpump stars that were supporting. But like I said, if they do make it to the end, which I can't imagine Ariana goes home until the end, I think she's going to take it all. If she doesn't, like it's going to be between her and someone else. It they're, that's like, you know, whatever, 10 weeks, eight weeks. I don't even know. So like they're going to bring in other people. And I guarantee you, like Katie will come to one. Um, maybe Lala will come to one. Lisa will come to one. I, I just think that that's how it's going to work. And I was thinking at the end of last night's show that if my husband was on the show and I felt like I had to support every week, I would die. It's so tiring because you have to do work. So they even say that. They're like, you, if you want to watch the show, stay home. If you want to be part of the show, this is being part, you're like hired help, but you don't get paid. So you have to stand up and sit down, stand up and sit down. It's like a Catholic mass. Okay. Then you have to clap. Big smile. Our faces were on camera the entire freaking time they said. So the guy, the warm up guy kept coming over to us like smile, smile, smile. <laughs> I have never, my, my job, I, I need Botox. 
because of my smile, right? Um, okay. The show starts. The dancing is amazing. Now, I'll be honest. You can't really see a lot. You can't. If you're on the other side, I bet you can see more. But where we were sitting, we did have the judges covering a little bit of our view. Of course, the dancers are moving around. So you see them a little bit on this area and a little bit on this area. You can't really hear the package. You know, that promo package. You hear parts of it. But there's a lot of, you know, movement on the set. There's a lot of, like, stuff going over the TV. And then there's a person that's saying, like, a minute, 45 seconds, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, you know, while the dancer is getting prepped to start the show while their package is going. So last night when I got home, I was able to watch, I keep saying their package. How many of you guys are catching that? So when I came home last night, I started to realize like, oh, this is, this is so good. You know, this is, um, this is why they, I like this person or not, because I couldn't really connect to a lot of them because you couldn't really watch the package. But here's a couple things that I saw. Okay. Here's a couple things I saw in the package. Um, let me think what I really, listen, I could spend a lot of time talking about each individual dancer and I'll tell you guys what I saw later on Patreon, but I don't think that's super interesting. I think you guys are really just here for the most part for the Ariana and Mauricio. Okay. Mauricio. Oh, I feel, I feel a little torn here because as a viewer, I think you guys saw this too. Um, Lance says he's incredibly nice. I've heard that he's incredibly kind and nice and sweet. He does come off a little bit like snake oily. You know what I mean? Comes off a little bit cringy. There was a lot of shimmy shimmy. There was a lot of tongue coming out. There was a lot of big white teeth. There was a lot of dark, dark tan. There was a lot of chest. There was a lot of like, "Mm, mm, mm, I'm Latin. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. And so I feel like it was probably as a viewer, if you're not a real housewife, fan or a buying Beverly Hills fan, and this is your first time seeing him, you have to imagine that you would be like, huh? And so if I were his partner, if I was Emma, I'd be like, let's tone that part down. Let's tone the tongue out. Let's tone the shimmy, shimmy shake. Let's just be likable, right? Because there's certain people that just have really likable personalities. And I felt like he was trying really hard to like fit a character that just didn't land. And you guys have to remember for our world, for Daily Dose of Donna world and dosers and all of you guys on my TikTok, like we are obsessed with anything Housewives Bravo. But the majority of the world doesn't know who these people are. Like you have to remember that. The majority of the world, maybe they know about Ariana from Scandaval, but most people that are watching Dancing with the Stars are not Bravo lovers like us. The majority of people don't really know who these people are. So if you just watch it for the first time, you're like, who's this dude, right? Um, let me think what else. Oh, like if you're going to vote for one of the guys, it would be Jason Mraz by far, in my opinion. Jason Mraz was an incredible performer. It was like, wow, 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 wow. It was such a good dance. That was amazing. Um, okay, so in Mauricio's package, in Mauricio's package, just like Cody's package. Am I right? Am I right? Cody Brown, pecs, abs. Um, He mentioned his marriage. Now, this is also editing, but they know what they're getting when they get someone like a Mauricio. And so in the package, it says, I've had a rough year in my marriage, which is why I'm dancing. 
or something along those lines. I've had a rough year, so now I'm dancing. Do you see my eyes rolling? Are they rolling big enough? This was the moment where I, and Kyle Richards was there, remember? Ring free, by the way. But this was the moment where I said to myself, you're playing us. Do I think that they're having uh, troubles in their marriage? Yes. But then why are they there supporting each other? It doesn't make any sense. Either go with the fact that we're struggling in our marriage and things are ending or don't. But this is just for press. 100% in my opinion. I think it's a bad, bad look for both of them. I think it's a bad look. Um, And then... Ariana, let's move on to, oh yeah. So he has, so actually he danced not great. Like he did have the jive, which I learned a lot last night, but the jive is really fast feet movements. And he isn't a fast footer type of guy. He's more of like a, you know, like a slime. And I think it really threw him off. I think it was a really hard dance. He did look uncomfortably awkward dancing and it was a very, uh, it wasn't a great dance. Um, and then pair that with the tongue and all of that. I'm like, ooh. Anyway, he got a very low score. And later we found out he was in the bottom two, which was shocking. And when I tell you how uncomfortable it was to watch live, to see someone whose ego was at the top of his game to be dropped so low so fast, and then to watch his family and watch Kyle. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll get into more of that later. He ends up being safe and Matt Walsh ends up going home, which is really upsetting to me for a few reasons, but I think I know why Matt Walsh is the actor. Again, I'll talk about that later. Okay. Ariana, the star of the show. Ariana. No, let me, oh, another like behind the scenes thing. When you're at the live taping, there's balconies, right? And some of the balconies in the in their studio are filled with fans, just like standing and clapping. And then some of the balconies they have cast. And that's where you get that post, you know, where Julianne is interviewing them right after they dance and where they get their scores. So they run upstairs and all the cast is standing there and they kind of move the cast around between each dancing person. And so in this moment, I keep looking at Ariana. She's hard not to look at. When I tell you she's, she looked stunning, she looked beautiful. She was wearing a version of her revenge dress from the reunion. Very smart move on Dancing with the Stars part. It was a callback to that. Um, she truly, truly looks like she's so kind, fun, and, and just like game, right? The way she was loving on all the other dancers, the way she was cheering them all on, the way she was having fun and laughing, the way she was messing around, like looking down in the balcony, looking at Sheena and her boyfriend and stuff. I truly say this, like, cause I think you can see a lot about people when the camera's not on them. I really think she's a good, she's like a fun, good girl, like fun, sweet, kind person. And she was having a lot of fun. She was doing all kinds of movements with the other people. She was like messing around with them. You could tell that people love her and she loves them. And not everyone, like, I love Barry Williams, Greg Brady, like love him, but you know, he's not going to be like shooting the shit with Ariana, but he, like everyone seems so sweet. Barry Williams, by the way, with his hair, I was like, huh, 
my heart. So sweet. So Ariana seemed really kind, super sweet to be there. She was really supportive of everyone else. She was clapping for everyone else. She's like, she was there. She was in her dance. Oh, her package, of course, talks about the, the affair and Scandaval. And it was exactly what you want, which is like, we don't need other people to make us feel who we are. We don't need other people to make us feel beautiful and, and talented and amazing and loved. We do that ourselves. And then she went into the dance that knocked the socks off of not only probably all the viewers, but us in the audience. It was insane. They, they were started at like this makeshift bar that looked like Vanderpump rules type of thing. And then she was dancing with her guy. She had a lot of solo moments where she was playing it up for the camera. She was confident she was having fun and she looked sick. I mean, sick in a positive way. She really stole the show and it was a perfect ending. And of course she did very well with the judges. Um, and then ultimately, you know, they said who was safe and it was down to Mauricio and Matt Walsh and Mauricio went home. And when I tell you when, I mean, my, Matt Walsh went home, whew, when Matt went home, like this is another thing. I think these crews and these casts, like I think they get super, super close real fast because they really all looked like they were crying. Like Allison Hannigan was so devastated. Is that her name? Hannigan? Um, Bandcamp girl. She was so devastated when Matt was going home. Like they were all hugging and like it was really, really obviously hard. And I felt for them. They really honestly worked their butts off. And it's so hard to go out there and dance live. And shout out to the Dancing with the Stars production crew, those live production people that are shooting the show and running around with those cameras on the stage. It's so coordinated. You have to be exactly. Alfonso and Julianne have did a phenomenal job. They were exactly where they needed to be all over the stage. Kind, sweet, nice to us, nice to all the crew, nice to everyone. Like I didn't see one instance of like, whoa, that's like kind of a bad dude or whatever. At one point um, for Charity, who was the bachelorette, when all the balloons fell, I don't know if you remember at the end of her dance, all these heart balloons kept falling to the ground. And she literally, like when they lifted all the balloons, so they had like this huge, and when I tell you huge net of balloons, it was like the size of this entire room, go up to the top. And then there was like a little hole and about 50 balloons fell out and this was during a commercial break and there were like 45 seconds till air. And when I tell you like everyone and their parents that work on the show came in there and started pushing off all of the balloons and like run around and there were like five, four, three, and there's still balloons and someone's running and just like flies across and then two, one, and we're live. I mean, it was insanely done. So bravo to Dancing with the Stars. They kicked ass. And I'm so glad that the writer's strike ended just in time for the show to go. There's so many people that work there between the people that bring you in and the and the hair and makeup and then, of course, the lighting and the cameras and the inner. I mean, it was really incredible. It was an incredible experience to be part of. I didn't want it to end, but I also kind of didn't want it to end because you don't get any water or food and I was dying. And... um. And I felt literally like I went, I told you, like I went to Vegas. Um, I'm going to go deeper into all of the other things that I saw and all the other dancers because this show's getting long. This show is getting long. Um, I'm also going to talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I think later too, because I don't want it to get too long. I will say that, uh, I don't know. You guys keep asking about Jamie Lynn. I guess a lot of people are really interested in Jamie Lynn Spears. I wasn't impressed at all. Like, fine. I don't know, you guys. I'm just very turned on. I guess Lynn Spears, Lynn Curtin, whatever her name is, I guess she was there, but I didn't see her. 
I didn't see her. Maybe they stuck her in the back like they stuck Matt Walsh's family. I mean, it was crazy. The scores were really tough. Yes, I agree. Okay, so Real House is a Salt Lake City. I will get into that. Um, what do I do? What should I do? What should I do? Okay, I'll give you like just a five-minuteer and then I'll talk about it more on Patreon. So Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, we're still in Palm Springs. We're at Trixie Motel. And all I can say is the fact that they're mad at Mary Mary is the, you know, the funny Mary Cosby one that looks like she doesn't want any, not looks like she doesn't want anything to do with anyone there on these trips. The fact that they look at her and they're like, why are you even here if you don't want to be here? Um, because the, the B is getting a paycheck. Like, it's so funny that they actually think she, she chose to be on this trip. She's, she's a hired cast member of Real Housewives. She has no choice. She is at that trip because it's a job, but she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to connect to them. She doesn't want to do sports with them. She doesn't want to do trust exercises. She doesn't even want to go to the bar. She just wants to eat McDonald's. She wants to sit alone in her in her in the car with an oat milk latte. She has no interest to be on the show. That being said, it's such a great addition, which is so weird. I love having Mary there. I don't know why. I just think it's great. Um, Monica showed me a side of her that I didn't love on this episode. Monica went to task on Lisa Barlow. Barlow. She really like attacked her in the limo. And this was after a while of activity. But Lisa had, remember, lost that $60,000 ring. And she she was very offended by the fact that she has that money and she's just losing it. And then later on, Lisa wanted nothing to do with getting her makeup done in the drag uh, contest. They were doing drag makeup and she was crying hysterically because she brought her own glam and she didn't want to be part of it. And listen, do I agree with it? No. Do I want to go out looking like all done up with all that hair and makeup? No. Do I kind of understand Lisa? Yeah. Did she overdo it? Yeah. Like it was kind of a little bit, a lot. It was a lot of a reaction for nothing, but I kind of get it. Like I wouldn't want to go out to a bar with that big wig and all that makeup on. I would have done it for the contest and then said, okay, but when we go out, I want to change back to myself. Like I have to be honest. That's how I feel. Um, and yes, you guys all sent that the editors did Lisa dirty because they put in a clip of her getting her makeup done and you can see just really bad lighting and the wrinkles. And here's what I have to say about that. I've been obsessing over my wrinkles over the last few days. It's all I see when I look in the mirror. I smile. I look at them. I'm like, oh my God, I'm really getting older. Like I'm 42 years old and I feel it. All of a sudden, I'm not like the fun, young, pretty one anymore. And because of that, I really feel for Lisa. I didn't like seeing that. I don't want that. So I, um, I like Lisa Barlow. I think she's so unapologetic about who she is and whatever. And like, let her be. Also, does she have money from before? Probably. But Lisa does work her ass off. Like she's the queen of Sundance, y'all. She's the queen of Sundance. And she's also, um, you know, the head of, of Vita Tequila. And she only spends money on fast food for food. So like, come on. I don't know. I really like her. Uh, Monica went crazy. Unfairly, I thought, over the top. Angie annoys me. Angie also went crazy. Like, I don't know, you guys. Meredith is is just hilarious to fight with. The way she freaked out. Uh, Whitney comes to her again to start talking about her something. And then Whitney says, why do you always bring up these other things to get out of conversations? Like, for example, bringing up a child that doesn't have um, – you know, that is disabled. And the way, I mean, Meredith, which child are we talking about? Did I miss an episode? Did I miss an episode where Meredith was talking about a child? 
that she didn't want to, you know, that was getting injured and disabled because the way that Meredith Reyes, don't do that. You're disgusting. Get out of my face. You're disgusting. You're disgusting. Which child? Who are we talking about here? Is Meredith part of like an organization that we don't know of? I'm very confused by this random child. Really, really confused. So are you. Oh, she had a nephew or something with a disability. Ooh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, anyway, it just doesn't, it, it was like not the time or the place. When you, and I, I agree with Whitney on this one. I don't agree with Whitney that often, but I agreed with her in this one. When you're arguing with something, someone, something, with someone, and all they do is say like, but I'm having a hard day. I'm working really hard. I'm struggling. It's like, bitch, we all are. We all are having hard days. We're all struggling with money. We're all struggling with our relationship, with our career, with our kids, with, with our, you know, bills. It's like, we're not all special, right? Because we're struggling. So, um, oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Got it. Got it. She's on the children with leprosy board. I did not know that. Um, either way, it's just not the, the, it's not your excuse to get out of every argument, Now, she mentioned Angie was a bulldog, and Angie, and she's so annoying to me, comes on over. I'm sorry, Meredith, did you call me a bulldog? It's like, leave me alone. She's a pest. Angie is like a a fly, like swat, like bye. She annoyed me. Listen, the truth is a lot of them are annoying me, but it's still good TV. And when Mary, when they're in the bar all like yipper-yappering with these big drag you know, wigs on that cost that are apparently 45 pounds heavy. And meanwhile, it keeps cutting to Mary who's like, I'll have a fish filet and then I'll have a large fries. And then she's just chowing down her fries. I'm thinking for the first time on this entire show, I relate with Mary. I am Mary. I want to be in the car with the McDonald's rather than be in the bar with these yappers. I don't know. I don't know housewives, but I'm still going to watch. Still loving it. All right, you guys, gave you an hour of a lot of stuff. And of course, my Patreon will come out later today. So I've got a lot of talking to do today. We will have a lot of fun later. Um, Make sure to join. Make sure to comment below. Like this video. Tell your friends about Daily Dose of Donna. And please, 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 if you're listening to the audio version, give me a five-star rating and write a review. It means the world to the show. Thank you guys so much. And I'll talk to you later.